Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, happy new year and welcome to a brand new episode of Shrine Podcast presents Happy Valley. I'm Rebecca. I'm Hannah. I'm Brendan. No, no. what order do we usually do it in? No, we did. No, that was that was perfect. We said that was the right order at the exact same time. <laughs> do it again. <laughs> you didn't talk. Well, I start again. Okay. Yeah, but we'll leave start it. In. Just do it again. Okay, I, I, you go next. I'll go last. Okay. This is TV worth talking about. I'm Catherine, by the way. I'm 47. I'm divorced. I live with my sister, who's a recovering heroin addict. I have two grown-up children, one dead, one who doesn't speak to me, and a grandson. Shrine Podcasts presents Happy Valley. Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to a brand new episode of Shrine Podcast Presents Happy Valley. I'm Rebecca. I'm Brendan. And I'm Hannah. That was much better. (laughs) The third and final series of Sally Wainwright's award-winning drama aired on New Year's Day and after a six-year wait, it did not disappoint. Sarah Lancashire is back with the bang. She's stronger than ever and she is counting down the days to her retirement, all while calling people twats. What an icon. Ryan is all grown up. Tom from Trigger Point is playing a nasty piece of work. And Anne and Daniel are officially a couple. Oh my God. Someone please call. You saw that. Andrew woman. Lloyd Webber. Tommy Lee Royce wants a role in Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was a lot, guys, when he came on with that wig. That wig's not the best, is it? It's shocking. It's I think it's extensions, best. though. I was looking really closely. I think he grew out his hair a bit and he just whacked in a few clippings at the side. Yeah, it, it wasn't the best look. It was very me circa 2012. Anyway, what an opening episode. But before we do get down to business with, with you know, the recaps, the wacky theories, it is now 2023, New Year, same us. How was everybody's New Year's Eve? I had a brilliant one, guys. I went to a cabin in the woods Um with dogs and friends and it was very wholesome there was wine and board games and it was just really really good but I'll tell you one thing I did do uh, and I might I actually might need to go to rehab this year I'll let you know if that ends up happening but so I went out on our girls night out our Christmas night out that we do every year it started at five o'clock in the day it's a Chris Kindle in a pub everyone having a catch-up everyone home from everywhere it's brilliant I was on a walk then on New Year's Day with one of the girls and she goes so what do you think about the 10k and I said what 10k and she said we signed up for three I me signed up for three 10ks in a blackout on my Christmas night out with the girls apparently I signed up and agreed to do three 10ks it's called a Gale Force Trilogy and the last one is running up Hothead in October in a 10k and even when she said it to me you know when you're drunk and you forget things and you blackout or whatever but then it rings the bell at some point 
zero recollection so I'm going around Christmas locked signing myself up for like extreme like Bray to Hoth Head like side of cliffs to like extreme races and all so um, I'm doing a dry January <laughs> so <laughs> not, not not just even one 10k three three 10 three throughout the year it's called the Gale Force Trilogy so it's not even it's not on flat land like you're running through marsh you're running, running up hills like alright Kate Bush. running up hills Jesus Christ, you poor chicken. Anyway, fair play to you, Hannah. Running up yeah, that new, hill. New year, new yeah, you. you. Uh, Brendan, what did you do for your New Year's Eve pet? Uh, well, I um, came to London. I'm currently in London and I just hung out at my friend's uh, place. She's got a little rooftop with a, an amazing view of the skyline. So uh, we had some bubbles, had some wine, forgot about the cheese board. It stayed in the fridge. I think the cheese board is still in That's the fridge. Not like and you. we went up to the roof for midnight and watched. I know. Me, not forgetting to eat the cheese. And we just went up to the roof for midnight and watched the fireworks. It was lovely. That's so nice. My mum and dad... Um, yeah, it was really My nice. mum and dad live outside of Dublin, like da- down the country. Anywhere outside Dublin in Ireland, everyone just says down the country, even if it's up the country. Anyway, we yeah. have lived there. Like my parents have lived there for about 10 years, but we as a family have never been on a proper night out in Wexford. Like I know that you guys came down a summer or two ago and we went on a day out to the beach and we drank Whispering yeah. Angel in the sun. But we actually I'll went, never forget it. like myself, my brother, who I've never been on a night out with really, my sister, her fella, my fella, my sister's mate, we went out in a full on night out. Like I was in a nightclub in Wexford and it was absolutely <laughs> lit and then by the time we got home was it? we started playing the White Lotus theme song we were walking up the driveway it was a wild Brilliant. night out I'm still recovering if I'm honest but it was hilarious like going out with your siblings is gas oh, yeah. that's what I love it about Christmas great. you end up out with siblings cousins aunties like you end up drinking with mad people and so much fun School friends. Yeah. Yes. Maybe a stray teacher. Exactly. Blacking out, signing up for events you don't want to be involved in, getting bullied <laughs> into doing them, which is what's no, happening to me at Hannah, the moment. Hannah, that's a lot. But you know what, guys? It, it, at the same time, I'm ready to have a quiet January and watch TV and get yes. cozy and, you know, meal prep into some Tupperware and whatnot. I'm ready for it now. I've had enough. Yeah. I've had enough fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we'll do that for about a week and then we'll be Raring over. Raring to go in a week or so. Um, yeah. Crying for yeah. the summer. Guys, we, we've been chatting a bit of shite here now. Hannah, you've been actually very busy because you have been tasked with doing the recap of the first episode of the final series of Happy Valley. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm actually really excited about it, guys. I love doing it. Take it away, bitch. The episode opens with a comprehensive catch-up of seasons one and two, which was necessary because it's been seven years since the last episode of Happy Valley aired on BBC. And can I, I just say... I did love how this was like an entire episode in itself. It was so long. It was so long. It's brilliant. But can I say, Catherine Kaywood hasn't aged a day. The woman looks incredible, doesn't she? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, she looks fantastic. Phenomenal. Can we hear Suso in the background now? And are we okay to just let her... Sing I'm more than podcast. okay with hearing Suso in the back. Okay, I hope everyone else is okay with that as well. Very she authentic. is meant to be asleep. Mm. Um, yeah, it's real life, guys. Um, okay, so we also did comprehensive catch-ups of season one and two. We broke them out across two episodes, which you can go and listen to on this feed right now. Or you can go one episode back from this and hear our speed recaps. If, like us, you've forgotten everything in the show that happened and you need a very quick recap before you get properly into season three. Okay, so season three, episode one opens with Sergeant Catherine Kaywood, played by the icon of all icons, Sarah Lancashire herself. She has got a call from PC Shafiq Shah asking her to authorise the collection of a vehicle and to send 
send another one to go pick them up. What happened was the two PCs went to nick two lads. They did exactly what Catherine told them not to do in parking right next to a block of flats that houses a phantom fridge thrower who had fired a microwave <laughs> from the balcony straight through the windshield. The microwave. The microwave. She's like, oh, they've diversified. Exactly. Because <laughs> it, it wasn't a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so they are shaking, telling her on the phone. However, they're saved by the bell because Catherine then gets radio to attend a nearby reservoir as some Yorkshire water people have found some bones. So a cheerier than usual, Catherine arrives to inspect the corpse, which is tied with blue rope and boasts some distinctive front teeth and a bullet mark. So only the head and torso washed up in the reservoir, but Catherine soon finds the remaining bones in a nearby container and the music is drama. It's so good. And next thing we know, DSU Andy Shepard arrives. He's played by Vincent Franklin. We know him from the other seasons. He is suited and booted for a forensic examination alongside another colleague. So Catherine briefs the pair on her finding, which is a torso, skeleton, no head, no hand, nothing below the waist. And she thinks he's been there seven and a half, eight years teeth intact metal plate on the right clavicle very like hers which i'm guessing she got after she was beaten half to death by tommy lee royce at yeah. the end of season one yeah it's very good and they nod to that yeah. whole um, just situation. real subtle mm-hmm. yeah to be like we know you've been waiting we acknowledge it. Yeah. So after some light sexism and like a dash of patronization from the men, Catherine reveals the body to be that of Gary Gokoski. He fell from a third floor balcony about 10 years ago um, when he was off his head on MCAT, which I think was one of those like illegal... The head shop. It was drugs. the illegal head shop yeah. stuff. I don't know if it was illegal in the UK, but it definitely was in Dublin for a while and everything went mad for about six months. So he shattered his collarbone, so she recognised that and she also recognised his teeth. Um, which are sort of broken in very recognisable ways. Because he bit her. He bit her, yeah. Yeah, because she nicked him once and he bit her um, (laughs) for a public order offence. So then he went missing seven and a half, eight years ago and that's how she knows who it is. So people always used to say that he'd wind up dead and now lo and behold he has. So the two men stare on dumbfounded but Catherine doesn't care. Retirement is just around the corner. Seven months, one week, three days in fact. I'll leave a witch as she says just before the credits roll. Twats. So it's just yeah. such a good opening. We're straight back so in. Good. It's like we never left the yeah. valley. And it's just her constant, like the the dialogue must must be so hard for her to learn, but she just delivers it like so naturally, so easy breezy. And it just seems to roll off the tongue. And it's, you're just like punching the so, air when she delivers it. So good. It. And like, have you guys heard Sarah Lancashire's real life accent? It is so different. Is it? It's like kind of like a posh English accent, like a drama, like, you know, theatre English accent. And I just can't believe Catherine Kaywood is not a real person and that this is all fake. Yeah, she feels so real. And Tommy Lee Royce's accent has gone very, um, he's like, how do? Yeah. Yeah, it did go a bit. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'll do. Yeah. See, guys, he's yeah, been he's in Sheffield a, prison. He's been on both selectors. <laughs> yeah. No, he has. Like, he's obviously just been hanging out with people with the same accent in jail. Like, he's been in prison for years now. So, do you know what I mean? And he's learning Spanish. So, I don't know if that's bringing out the accent a bit more. 
Yeah, I don't think life's been going well for Tommy, but we'll get into no. that a little later. So the credits roll, the theme song for anyone that is interested is called Trouble Town by Jake Bug. Now, does somebody say Messiah Complex? Because straight in after the credits is Tommy Lee Royce, played by the fabulous James Norton, having a nice long stare at his favourite view in the mirror, his own face. He has grown out his hair just past shoulder length. His beard is longer too. And he's got this wound on his forehead that's been like really crudely stitched together that gives this sort of crown of thorns vibe so they're really pushing the jesus christ superstar angle for tommy this season um it's not a look i'm here for personally no no me either no he he doesn't look not working i wouldn't say he's 17 fiancés this time round I wouldn't say 17 fiancés either. Uh, okay, so the prison officer, a prison officer calls him from his cell. Tommy's got visitors and I'll tell you now, it's not 17 fiancés. So the camera before he leaves pans to his bookshelf which contains some cans of tuna, a book simply titled Hedonism and a photo of Ryan stuck to a handmade cardboard frame. So the visitors in question are two officers from HMIT, which is the Halifax Major Incident Team. We met them last season they were brought in to investigate all of the murders of the sex workers and they are there to arrest Tommy for the murder of the corpse found in the reservoir, which is that of Gary James Gogoski. He was killed in and around April 2014. Now, come here. Prison has not been kind to Tommy Lee Royce. The man looks atrocious. And he's also gone just very weird. Like when they transport him for the interview, they put him in the worst jumpsuit imaginable and his behaviour fruit of the loom it is not fruit of the like I mean I think they're you know the way right in the last season they done the shaved head and the grey trackies and he had 17 fiancés and he was a bit sexy yeah and you know everyone was like I shouldn't fancy this terrible man fear no more because all of that has been removed um so He's in his yellow and green atrocity, which is made only worse when Tommy takes down his hair from his man bun and allows it to sort of flow around his shoulders. So later in the interview, he... <laughs> I love that. I like, just... Except it's so greasy, it doesn't flow. Yeah. It's like what? It's disgusting. Yeah. I just... Anyway, later in the interview, he denies recognising Gary and denies having any involvement in his murder. So it turns out that a fellow prisoner in Sheffield prison called Naz Nazan has ratted Tommy out. Now, I hope Naz is getting moved or protected because Jesus Christ, this lunatic is going to make his life a living hell, I would imagine. So later, Tommy meets his lawyer and he's literally sitting on the man's lap in that room when the lawyer comes in. It's so uncomfortable. He's gone so weird. Yeah. And he learns through the lawyer that the police know that Tommy told a prison chaplain that he's become friendly with, that he was there for the murder and that he did help dispose of the body. Now, Tommy, you'll remember from his shaved head, he has uh, in the last season, he has a cross tattooed on his head. He always wears one as well. So he's quite religious. So it makes sense to me that he would sort of confide in a chaplain and think that he needs to sort of repent in some way. I thought the rules were... Were the rules not that if you confess to a priest that the priest can't tell like anyone? No, attorney is privilege that not, is type of thing, thing, Brendan. Yeah, is that not a thing? That, like, I, I go, for murder, Jesus Brendan. Father, I need to get this off my chest. Is it not? Is there obviously rules that if you tell them you're involved in a murder, then they can go and tell the police? I don't know. I thought that whatever you told the priest, the priest couldn't tell. Because Tommy Lee Royce, I guess. Now. Tommy Lee Royce is not stupid, no, guys. 
And like he's done this True. all on purpose. What is going on here? What's his ploy? What's his move? I feel like he's moving the chess pieces and we don't realize. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I also don't think he's gone weird in the sense that his breath, I think he's still in very much in control. Oh, do you know what I mean? And I think ploy. it all might be an act. This is part of the plan. Yeah, is he trying to, you know, get done for murder so he gets out to go to a courtroom or something like that? There's this. Yeah. some plotting going on. Why is he learning Spanish in seven days? What's the urgency? Oh, well, I'll tell you now in a minute. Oh, is there going to be like a prison break? Anyway, sorry, keep going, Hannah. Uh, did somebody say ambush? <laughs> Imagine. Hang on now, let me find my place. What was the last thing we said? Ambush. Oh, ambush. So, Messiah. Messiah. The, Tommy is in the room with his lawyer. He's sitting on his lap. He, The lawyer tells Tommy that the police know that he told the prison chaplain that he was there for the murder and helped dispose of the body. And he does this thing with his luscious locks that I do when I overheat, right? Which is like, if you have them down, Reb, I'd say you do this too and you don't have a bobbin and you're just sweating and you're like, get this hair off my yeah. neck. And you sort of put it up in a bun and then like, oh, yes, it shut my head hairy bobbin. Wall. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just... He does that. So he's doing that as well. Right yeah, like that. That's exactly it. Did, it, it did slightly improve his aesthetic for me. The man bun. Yeah, When he just he... lifted it up. Yeah, and he has the undercut. So when it's up, and like he's obviously got his own hair, it Reb did it there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, around his face, which is nice. But then it comes, it comes back down. So essentially, Tommy, what he has is hot girl problems. But he's not a hot girl. He's a horrifying serial killer. So he <laughs> is back in the interview, and it's all no comment. And Naz and the chaplain are colluding, despite the fact that they've never met. Until the interview and police pull out a silver St. Christopher necklace. Now, this very much intrigues Tommy, who looks a mixture of interested and confused, but also wanting to know a little bit more. So he apparently doesn't recognize the necklace. But the interviewing officer reminds Tommy that when he was admitted to prison in 2006, he had a St. Christopher necklace just like that one. It was logged with his property and then given back to him when he was released in 2014. 2014, which is eight years ago, which was around the time Gary Gagoski was killed. And this particular necklace that they have in the interview was found in the concrete used to weigh Gary's body down in the reservoir. So he looks a bit banged to rights, to be honest. Later, DSU Andy Shepard briefs an officer and I didn't catch their name and they're a bit of an icon. So I'd love to know who they are. Couldn't find it on IMDb. So if anyone knows who that officer is or they come back short hair. This is the officer with the short hair. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. Don't know either. So we'll um, hopefully be able to name that person later. So Andy Shepard is talking to them about a gun recovered from the reservoir. And excuse me, what? It is the same gun that was used to murder Ashley Cowgill from season one via two helmeted men while Ashley was stopped in his vehicle at a roadwork. And Andy thinks the murderers were the two Knezovich's brothers. So this is tying season one and season two mm. all together. One of which is named Darius. And we learned more about that appalling family in season two when they were linked to trafficking women and girls into the valley. And I just feel that scene is so quick, yeah. but they give mm. so much information. They it's do. actually one that's kind of worth a rewatch because they're really linking the three seasons together in about 15 seconds. They put the really brief clip of um, Catherine's neighbour in the recap as well. And obviously we know all the yeah. stuff yeah. going on with the pharmacist now. So it's all coming full circle. We're going to get a lot of it's answers. All going f- yeah. It's all going full circle and those Knezoviches are knocking around again. So it looks like Darius attempted to, in quotes, go clean and get himself elected onto the local city council. But what 
DS Yvonne Shepherd is hoping is if they can get Tommy to name names, if he was there and can act as a witness against Darius Knezovic, DSU Shepard hopes to stop him once and for all. But Royce, as we know, is a raven lunatic, and I can hear you all saying, why on earth would this deeply deranged police-hating man name names? Well, because Darius ordered Tommy Lee Royce's death in prison Failed, obviously, but that's where he got his new crown of thorns, Jesus-esque scar from. And I have to say, that Ah, scene is honestly 15 seconds and DSU Shepard, like, vomits all this information out. So it's actually one to go and rewatch. That's really important. Oh, yeah, I've watched this twice and I missed it. Yeah, it's it's so quick. So, yeah, they sort of link season one, season two, explain the crown of thorns. um, Missed Tommy Lee Royce theory out of from that information is Tommy Lee Royce now going to become some sort of informant that then he gets out on good behavior or some sort Mm. of early release or like visitations or something like that? Oh no! I I I mean, after murdering and raping, no. But do you think that I don't know either? But like, do you think that he's now saying he murdered that person even though he knows well he didn't because he knows that the Knezoviches did it and he's going to rat them out for it or something to try get the big drug family. Yeah, I think it's maybe. actually the opposite. I think because later in the episode, and we're going to get to that now, he doesn't name Darius Knezovic, he names someone else. And what I yeah. think Tommy Lee Royce oh, has yeah. done has made a pact with the Knezoviches. Yeah. Yeah. Save my life. Use me to put your enemies up in court for this murder. Yeah. Break me out because this. you have the, Break yeah. the bodies because I've got you off this murder. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. That's it, Hannah. That's it. And I'm an yeah. I'm a fucking well psychopath. So let me be on your side. You don't want me going against you. I'm well telling done. you. That's yeah. it. That's it. So, that's what he's doing. Oh my god, he's gonna get the Knezoviches to try and kill Catherine. Like I think that's mm-hmm. I think he's gone team Knezovich. Yeah. So because Darius, yeah, Darius ordered uh, ordered Tommy's uh Tommy's death failed, gave him this messianic new facial scarring. But right at that moment a police officer walks in and interrupts DSU Andy Shepard's briefing to this other person because Tommy wants to make a statement. So the camera is on Royce. His lawyer reads his statement for him. He's now admitting to being at the scene of the murder, but he's unaware that it was going to take place. He thought instead it was going to be a punishment to frighten Gary Gagoski. James Norton then expertly delivers this psychotic subdued yawn here as if he's just bored by the whole thing it's so good you need to go back and watch it it's exactly 17 minutes in and I'd love to know whether that yawn that kind of subdued yawn was in Sally Wainwright's script or whether Norton added it in himself because it's absolutely um, genius he did it as well uh, a few scenes earlier when he was in that jumpsuit and he sat really close to his solicitor and he just sucks his teeth he's just like and I same I had the same thought. I was like, I wonder how much of that is him just basically ad libbing, or is the direction that you know? Now, specific. if we get to interview the man, we have yes. to ask him that. But guys, along with all really, the other we'll probably ask him. There's a really good clip on the iPlayer's Instagram from this week, and it's it's the script on it's a split screen, so it's 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 Tommy Lee Royce acting, it's James Norton acting, yeah. it's Tommy Lee Royce, oh, and, the, and script. the script and the direction in the script, and it's saying how satisfied he looks, and it's all part of the plan and everything. And when you watch, okay. you know, both of them, I'd highly recommend you watch that little scene. I saw it earlier okay, on. Cool. So oh, well, put that in the WhatsApp I would group. love to watch a whole episode of the script and the the acting, you know, in a split screen. I'd love yeah. to see it. So would I. I love stuff like that. Okay, that's brilliant. Okay, so Sally Wainwright's script, blah, blah, blah. On we go. The statement continues. Tommy told 
the man who shot Gagoski to throw the gun in the water, but he refused, saying it was all right for another job. And that man in question, Tommy names him as Chris Oxley and then smiles. And DSU Shepard is fuming. They know he's lying. He's protecting Darius Knezovic. He's throwing this Chris Oxley man under the bus. Chris Oxley must be... Um, an enemy of the Knezoviches and I think he's killing two birds at one stone. I think they're going to break him out of prison. Okay, it's six months later. Love that they did this. Love a time jump. So Ryan is back, played by original actor Reese Connor. He is much older now. He's in goal at a school football match watched on by Catherine, her sister Claire, played amazingly by Siobhan Finneran, her boyfriend Neil, who's still around, I'm thrilled, played by Con O'Neill. And Ryan is worked up, aggressive and short-tempered, and Catherine watches on, obviously concerned. That sort of nature versus nurture debate still in the front of her mind. Like she did bring it up, I think it was season one, where there was arguments in the family about, you know, whether they should have kept Ryan in the family or what should have happened when her daughter passed or whether she should have had the baby in the first place. Because is Ryan going to turn out to be an absolute psychopath like his dad? And that concern is still there for Catherine. However, Jesus Christ, it's not Ryan that she needs to be worried about. But Coach Rob Hepworth, played by Mark Stanley, a.k.a. Thom Thumb of Vigil fame Tom no himself not trigger Vigil. point trigger point <laughs> trigger point he's a brilliant guy guys i know he's not a nice char- he's not a nice character but Thom is looking well the tracky did you love i knew you would God. they're lovely they spent the wardrobe budget on him rather than for tommy lee royce's jumpsuit <laughs> or whatever but he's such a good actor he plays this yeah. role so well because you absolutely hate him oh from the get-go God. Hate him and believe vile. the anger, Absolutely. the frustration, the yeah. passion. Yeah, Sally yeah, yeah. Wainwright is really good at writing like the most vilest men, isn't she? It's like it's like the worst kind of horror film. Like, oh, you can give me ghosts and UFOs and whatever all day, but you give me ha- ha- two horrifying men like Tommy Lee Royce and this man Rob Hepworth. Jesus Awful. Christ! I'm like, are the two terrifying. of them mates or something? What's the crack with them? Do they know each other? Are they bloody related or something? There must be a connection. Yeah. So. Tom is basically a nightmare of a man and he rages at Ryan at the first opportunity, calling him a little shit stain. Now, Ryan keeps this information from Catherine, but reveals Tom is having an affair with Mrs. Oates and is, quote, a shirt lifting arse bandit. And Neil guesses he must must be a Bethy both ways. Now, just put an ass strength. Just put a little astra. Really, because that last line out of Neil was like you couldn't even see him. They were sitting <laughs> no, in the, were car, in the car, and it was just so quick. It was just like Bethy's Bethy's. Just that's the humor from this program that I love. It's so good. I'm going to rob that one. So we're putting a little asterisk beside Ryan not telling his granny about what Rob Hepworth said to him because yeah. I have a little theory now later mm. on that I cooked up Same. with my sister yesterday. So, yeah. So it turns Same. out it is Ryan's 16th birthday, and the whole motley crew are over for a takeaway so Catherine, Claire and Neil Nevison Gallagher is back played by George Costigan aka Fairbanks coming on to Catherine, on to Catherine. Uh, yeah oh, what an absolute curveball oh my god I wasn't <laughs> expecting that I was like oh, no. I feel like the acceptance of the date was more of a curveball but I honestly we will get discuss that in detail because I nearly fell off the couch so Claire's <laughs> son Daniel is back played by Carl Davies he is now dating Catherine's colleague Anne Gallagher played by Charlie Murphy Rob would you like to brag about that now I just guys do you know what I throw out a lot of theories and a lot of shots and a lot of the time no, it doesn't go anywhere but I was 
thrilled when I saw that this came to happen because that I was one little it. scene now in season two. They were chatting to each other after a night out when Anne was hung over. I think it was season two. It could have been season one. I don't recall. Season two. Anyway, full on, full steam ahead. Lovey dovey. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. All the that. Like having lunch together. Yeah, thrilled for you. Thrilled for them. I'm thrilled also for you. worried they I'm bring re- Ryan to the prison. Do you know yourself? Yeah. Well, no, Anne no, would, Anne never, would never, but I doubt it. Yeah. What about him and the ex? We'll discuss all that anyway. They seem to be getting we'll on well. Us. So fair play to me. Very psychic. I'm re- <laughs> I'm rewatching season two at the minute, and there's also a little foreshadowing of uh, Nevison and Catherine Ka- meeting up for a coffee to discuss when um, Neville Longbottom was working for Nevison's company yeah. and she needed a bit of intel. Right. And Nevison was like, oh, it's like a date. Oh, I'm only joking. <gasps> Yeah, but yeah, I missed that. that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he complained that like it wasn't like a plush enough surrounding because they just met in a coffee shop. And he was like, "Oh, I thought it'd be nicer, a little bit more salubrious." <laughs> yeah, Jesus salubrious. Christ. Um, Catherine's ex-husband Richard is there as well. I really like Richard. I just, re- I don't know, I, I just really like him. I'm glad he's back. Yeah, I just think um, Richard's acting a bit shifty now. To be honest, do you know? A little bit. Oh, here we go. The theories are coming in. They're off the wall. <laughs> Whereas he said Roz okay. wasn't doing too well. I was like, what's the crack now with all that? Is Roz bringing, him, bringing Ryan to the prison, you know? You think he's poisoning Roz, do you? I don't know what's going on there. Hmm. Do we have it? We've no klaxons. We don't have that machine anymore, do we? That makes we don't, noise. no. Okay, because I'd love a new Technology's one. Technology's changed. <laughs> I'd love an iconic scene klaxon. I don't know right. what we make when ourselves. See what we can do for next week. Okay, yeah. we'll have one for next week. So, iconic scene klaxon at 22 minutes, 10 seconds. Catherine and Claire are sitting outside having a smoke and admiring Catherine's new, I'm going to say Land Rover. The iconic scene klaxon is scenes that I think you should go back and watch because they're just so fucking good. Um, So, they're sitting outside watching the Land Rover. They're having a smoke. So, her plan is to do it up and drive to the Himalayas. And she's heard too much about retired police officers dying within five years of leaving the job. She's very proud of her 30 years, but she's ready for retirement. She's finally becoming the person she wants to be. Please do not let that be foreshadowing of a future murder. And Claire suggests Catherine consider yoga during her time off. Catherine tells her to fuck off that it's dangerous. And she seems happy. She seems so really happy. Um, it's Ryan's birthday and we're just happy, aren't we? Says Claire innocently. innocently. We ain't had one bad word. We're just having a laugh. And I just love that because I think it's just, you know, kind of reminds me of Christmas when families are going home and they do be killing each other. And you're just like, no, we got you a Christmas day and it was lovely and there was no fighting and that oh, was a great I, day. I didn't love it. It made me uncomfortable because I was like, you're saying this because shit is about to hit. It made me uneasy. Yeah, and I'll tell you why I think she's saying it. But I just like the normalcy of the language in this show um so Catherine muses that ryan is doing better since he's moved to school then claire reveals that she knew what mr hepworth had said to him when he was uh, when he went up to him in goal claire says she never knows when to tell Catherine stuff and when not to now that come on. I think is an extremely important line and it's not the first time this has happened and I also think it's an extremely important line so yeah. for the acting for the humour but also for that line that scene gets an iconic scene klaxon yeah. so go back and watch that one so it's the next day and Ryan is in school with a mate I think this mate is um is it Chesco his friend yeah. that went to visit Tommy on the lifeboat it's him they're yeah. still friends they're still friends yeah yeah mm. Um, so they spot Hepworth and they shouted him, have you had your oats, sir? Um, slagging him off for having an affair with Mrs. Oats. <gasps> so they laugh and quickly cycle off. Yeah, that's what that was. Kids are gas. 
Yeah, yeah, but Hepworth uh, like launches into his red car and speeds off. Have you ever seen a car move no. fast? Well, he nearly mowed down Never. half of school. Like there was literally <laughs> kids fighting for their lives up on the hood of that car. Shocking. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's absolutely shocking. So the man has a terrible temper. And if he wasn't in a hundred at that moment, he gets a call from a mother at his children's school. So his wife, Joanna, had asked her to collect their two daughters from school again. And she's worried that Joanna might be drinking. So he flies home in a rage and as soon as the door closes Joanna flies out of the bed covering up having been in bed all day hides the pills that she's taken they have a blazing row as Hepworth accuses her of taking tablets trashes their bedroom looking for them like he's really really aggressive it was really hard to watch but it was incredible acting like you believed that those two people detest each other like like they just got like there was there was saliva fly he was spitting they were you could just feel the heat of the rage off yeah. both of them like the utter hatred I, it, it was uncomfortable to watch yes it was incredible acting it must so have good. been really hard to do yeah. Like he's screaming in her to face. To get into that zone, yeah. And there was one little second, I don't know if you noticed it, where I think he faltered because I think he was, fa- I could see in him that he, as a person, Mark Stanley, the actor, was finding it very hard to be that frightening to that woman um, who plays Joanna. I have her name later on because it just was disgusting. Carry on. Mm, um, yeah. Molly Winnard, excuse me, that is the uh, character, that is the actor playing Joanna, Molly Winnard. She's absolutely brilliant. So Hepworth learns that the pills weren't acquired via prescription and decides to call the police. Before uh, the police arrive, we see him lock the car keys in a lockbox on the wall, which is just the biggest fucking red flag on the yeah. planet. And the fridge. And the lockbox is up really that high. And the and the fr- oh my see, God. I didn't notice the fridge the first time. I got distracted yeah. by their um, meal plan. I didn't notice yeah. the lock. The meal but that lockbox lock. as well is up really high and it's at his arm. Yeah. Like length, mm-hmm. but not hers. Now, like it's just, 
Horrific. It's absolutely terrifying, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So later that night, the one and only Catherine Kaywood herself arrives to get to the bottom of things. It's so iconic when she comes because she gets this amazing moment where she gets out of the car and it kind of goes into slow-mo and she stares off into the distance and they play her theme and it's just absolutely brilliant. So the scene of Catherine's conversation with the Hepwards in their house is intercut with her later filling in Claire on what happened. So she took yeah. the call which is way below her rank because she noticed the name that came in on the call as Ryan's soccer teacher. So Hepworth didn't recognise her, not Flicker. He was very quick to complain about his five-hour wait. Catherine then soon notices the padlock on Hepworth's fridge, the bruises on his wife's arm, his brand label clothes, her Primark clothes, and her inability to speak for herself, which is only because he constantly speaks for her, um, and his complete red flag behaviour. But unfortunately, Catherine is forced to arrest Joe or Joanna, um, but does it with like such care and such dignity for Joe. So Hepworth and Rob, I'm kind of going to go and interview them. I'll call him Rob for now. He's kind of thrilled at the excuse to sort of further villainize and humiliate his wife and ring mm. his mom and get him over and is kind of loving the drama. So despite her best efforts at the station, Catherine cannot get Joe to open up about their marriage. However, she does reveal her anxiety, depression and panic attacks led to a diazepam prescription from her doctor. She soon got addicted but was then cut off and that is why she had to turn to getting them from the street so she's released on bail pending charges because she did lie about where she got them from claiming she found the tablets in a pub toilet Catherine then tells Joe of Claire's addict support group at the mission which I actually think is another asterisk I'm going to put there I'm really worried about Claire this season guys yeah they, I just mm. they did a few flashbacks to Neil as well at the start of the episode too like I don't know what's going on there just reminding us yeah. that they are addicts, yeah. I think, yeah. as well. Yeah. In a vulnerable situation. So we meet a yeah. new character played by actor Amit Shah. His name is Faisal Bhatti. And he's listening as his daughters tell their mother that they saw a neighbour get put into the back of a police car the night before. They also say they're worried for her children that the smallest one never takes their coat off. Now, I hope that child isn't getting battered because that will just be absolutely harrowing so later Baddy visits Joe climbing up her balcony he was the one supplying her with the pills they've also been sleeping together possibly as a payment because Joe doesn't have any mm -hmm. access to funds yeah yeah so Batty makes Joe promise that she got rid of the packaging that the pills came in and she says she did but I don't think she did no she didn't no because the blister pack was the inside the, 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 the net plastic. bag that yeah. she had yeah, yeah. She lied through her teeth about it and she lied very quickly. like also, dude, if you're fucking illegally dealing drugs and you're so concerned about being traded through yourself. this blister pack, pop them out yourself, passion. Why are you asking all these poor addicts to do it for you? 12 a week idiot. and you couldn't sit there and pop them out on front of Countdown? I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, okay, so if the situation wasn't stressful enough, this man keeps stepping on squeaky toys. His legs are all over the place. I'm sick from already. Sorry, I found that so funny. Like, because it was completely unnecessary. Didn't need to be written to the show whatsoever. But he keeps standing on squeaky <laughs> toys while having this really, like, stressful conversation. And it's so funny. But, like, he was falling over his own feet and all outside. I don't know 
what's wrong with him? He's up to 90 anyway. So before he leaves, uh, he gives Joe some more popping them out with plastic wrapper. So Batty declines to go to bed with her and we see him head for work in the local pharmacy. And a local small time drug dealer called Mr. Brooks is already there and waiting for his prescription, quote unquote, a.k.a. his bag of drugs to sell in exchange for £1,200 and his morphine shot. Now, you know how my dream job is to be the assistant in the pharmacy? I was thinking about you. I was that one at the front counter. There's, you think I'd miss a trick? I'd be like, what's going on in that room? She seems You'd oblivious. ring a 999. Can you imagine? Well, it might be a 101 call because there's no immediate threat to life. <laughs> as Catherine told us about. We learned a lesson. Would you not be out there cellophane and gift boxes now for Mother's Day not noticing a thing? Everything going over your head. To flog Putting the them tan, into a yeah. nice little paper bag. Very nicely. Tell us about your dream. Have we spoken about that before? Because it really I does make me laugh. I think we've spoken about this several times. Yeah, no, okay. I just, I would, I have this like, this idea of like just eloping somewhere to a little <laughs> pharmacy eloping. like the one in Happy Valley and uh, just like <laughs> folding the little paper bags and putting the stickers on and talking in hushed tones because oh, I just find pharmacies really relaxing I can, I but I know when everyone's that. on and why <laughs> what doing I a hushed tone I can imagine no. you doing that in Spain maybe do you know what I mean oh, maybe yeah. you'd be doing a bit of a pharmacies are better yeah I discovered oh, my Spanish dream in seven job. days. Here Spanish I come. In seven days. I discovered my dream job while I was on holidays recently. I texted Brendan straight away. I want to work in a reception and I want to check people in and I want to swipe the card through for your room and I want to put it inside the little, you know, the little folded yeah. paper thing and give it to you and book taxis yeah. for you yeah. and just type up my nails on the keyboard. That's what I want to But yeah, in a really a luxury resort. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'd like to do. Um, okay, so Jesus Christ, right? They must have had these people in watertight contracts because Joyce is also back, played by Asaya Benison, and she's trying to convince Catherine to have a retirement party. And we get a call back. Thrilled to see Joyce back. Thrilled. We get a call back uh, to Joyce winding Catherine up about her nickname in season two because now she's reassuring her that she's popular in certain circles. Joyce very is an much, icon. Um, Joyce is an icon. She she's popular in certain circles. It's very much at his age. At, it, at, at her, his, age. Yeah. her age. She's still trying to go to the Abbott Tribute Act as well. I was loving that. She was trying to book oh, another Tribute Act for maybe long. Yeah. And they had a shy time the last time they went to one. So here he is, Inspector Mike Taylor, played by Rick Warden, and he has got some bad news for Catherine. So he's heard through the grapevine that Ryan has been visiting Tommy Lee Royce, and she can't believe it, and she doesn't, but you can see the fear and anger like creeping across her face. So Taylor delivers two other blows to his friend. Ryan was supposedly accompanied by one man and one woman. And Tommy isn't in Grey's End prison like she thought he was. He is in Sheffield. He was moved 18 months to two years ago. Now, I just have a little problem with this because for this to have happened without Catherine realising, she had to admit that she didn't renew the court order that she had against Tommy, which to me just doesn't seem like something she would do. Like she's saying it's been seven years, life's been good, we kind of forgot about him, it's all okay. But like, I just, and it's, they did this another season as well where, she let Ryan cycle to school on when Tommy was um was running amok around the valley and he was literally captured immediately. And I just don't believe the Catherine Kaywood that we know would do either of those things. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
it, it doesn't seem like for her to, even if everything's okay, he's never discussed and named in the house anymore. She thinks Ryan doesn't think about him. Uh, I still think that she's the kind of person that would still renew that every single yeah. time. I think she'd never forget or she'd always be checking mm. in on him. Is it just yeah, that, that after seven struggled. years? You just think it's done and he's gone away and he's never coming back? Is it just time and has that's passed? What said. And yeah. you know, she delivered it really well. But yeah, I just struggled to believe you that. Same, it doesn't bit. seem very her. No. Um, so Catherine dismisses the claim as Chinese whispers, but she is concerned. And Taylor agrees to look into the prison records for her. So she also learns that Tommy's court date for the Gary Gagoski murder is coming up in a week. And she looks worried, very worried. Meanwhile, Tommy is in his cell doing learn Spanish in seven days course. Oh, he is off to the Costa what? del Cry, my love. Guys, Binda. what is the rush? I'll tell you what the rush is. Alexa, play oh. Jerry Hallowell Machico Latino. What is going on? Do you on? know what I mean? Tell you what's going on. His court date is coming up in seven days. The Nezoviches, the Knezoviches are breaking him out. He's off to the Costa del Crime. He's learning Spanish. Senor Thurwell, phone him up. Senor Thurwell. Large G and tonic, por favor. Do you know what I mean? I hope there's a haircut and some sort of makeover sequence involved. So later, Catherine meets Richard in a coffee shop to express a concern. So she rules out Richard and Roz, Nev, Daniel and Anne and almost Claire and Neil as the man and woman that could be taking Ryan to visit his dad. However, they do take him to football matches again. And to be honest with you, just we concerned about them too. Mm. So oh, God, it seems like Richard's marriage is that. I I have a theory, and I really think she could. Yeah. I, know, I really do. I just yeah. don't like what? How? Why? She's a lot softer than Catherine. And did she? And not, he confides in her more than he confides he in Catherine. Does. But Claire he knows how evil he is. I don't know is. though like I think she's more forgiving and also in season one or season two I'm going to go back and rewatch season one after I finish this one there is an argument or a conversation between Claire and Catherine where Claire is like but he is his dad Catherine I actually yeah. think it might be over letting him cycle yeah. to school I think it's around that time and she's like he's grand he's his dad he won't do that to him or something like that like she's a bit more sympathetic towards him yeah, I genuinely yeah. just feels so like if someone did all that to your niece and your sister and everything like surely not I just think she has this weird thing about him needing yeah. to be his dad I really am convinced mm, it's Claire and Neil oh, to be honest because they're the only I don't think it's Claire and Neil I think it's Claire and Daniel Oh my god, that would be even worse. That would be even yeah, no, worse. Brendan, that, that makes sense because because Daniel yeah. Daniel before said because he could get in both him. of their ears at home. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Claire and Daniel, not Claire and Neil. Okay, fuck me. But we do think Claire. Mm. Right. Okay. So it sounds like Richard's marriage is over. Ross is in the spare room, and Curveball Nevison has asked Catherine out for a meal, and Curveball again. It looks like she's going. So later, a black cab pulls up outside the pharmacy where Batty works. Two men in hard hats and high-vis jackets enter. The smaller one speaks for the larger one, claiming his English isn't great. He says he has an STI and Batty brings him to the back to be examined. As soon as the door is closed, the bigger man pulls the gun. And these two look like Knezovich brothers to me now. Um, Batty is encroaching on their territory and he's now being forced to hand over £1,800 a week, way more than he's making. 
or his children's lives are going to be in danger. So just as we reach the end, Inspector Taylor pops into Catherine's office and it looks like the Knezeviches are, be- are, are behind the illegal diazepam floating around the valley. But that is not what Taylor is there for. He looks deeply concerned. He's got some intel from for Catherine from the prison in Sheffield. You're not going to like it, he delivers. And then the camera cuts to Catherine who displays this sort of skillful mix of fear and rage before the credits roll. Hannah, well done, that was well so done. brilliant. Incredible I actually recap. missed a few bits, so I really needed that. And now I'm like, oh, there's actually God. a lot in it because I watched it. I watched it twice, and I still missed stuff, even that you just said there. It yet. is line of duty. Yes, there is a lot more in it than I think I thought when I was watching the first two seasons passively. There's like little scenes that are like huge. The dialogue's of so quick and it's so real and yeah. so natural that you're mm. kind of like, hold on, what, what did you just say there? Yeah. yeah, it's so natural. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to some thoughts and theories oh, yeah, uh, that we've got in from people. We've got loads. So thank you for those. We're at ShrinePod on Twitter, Instagram. You can also email us, ShrinePod at gmail.com. Uh, Fiona Jennings, 78. She described the episode as pure perfection. Uh, Jill Reese says, superb. But please let Catherine make her retirement in one piece. Um, Ricky Orr says, uh, does what it always does best and balances the laugh out loud bits with the very dark ones. Um, Ricky has an unsettled feeling that someone in the tablet trio which I love um, is not making it out of the series alive M's thoughts says bloody loved it perfect mix of comedy stress and Kwood family vibes desperate to know the answer to that cliffhanger I will be heartbroken if Claire and Neil have been taking Ryan to see Tommy um, I don't really think it's them but it has to be people uh, with shock factor which I agree with um Bev Walker says, loved it. Uh, fear it could be Claire O'Neill. And this is the running theme through uh, through everyone's uh, messages is Claire O'Neill yeah. taking Ryan to see Tommy. Uh, but hope it's not. Um, it has to be existing characters, though. Uh, it wouldn't make sense otherwise. Uh, Thom isn't a nice guy, is he? Can't wait uh, for the next episode, Bev says. Uh, Beth West, 92 says uh, Claire and her boyfriend have been taking Ryan to visit Tommy uh, Hepworth is involved with Tommy somewhere looks the same age maybe used to do dodgy jobs with yeah. him Beth thinks yeah. um, Vintage C says amazing totally believing uh, her character uh, the teacher with his wife reminds me of how Tommy was with his mother in series one can't wait to see who the couple is taking Ryan to prison and this is the assumption I think a lot of people are assuming that it's the man and woman are a couple uh, they, they, I think they might not be and I don't know I think it could be Claire and Daniel just because they live in the same house or definitely live in close yeah. quarters and he could just have got in their ear over the years and looked for that sympathy vote that he's definitely not going to get from Catherine and both those like Hannah you said they might just fold faster than her and it would they would deliver that shock factor I they think, would two. so so um, would the hubby guys so would the ex-hubby and would he him yeah. and Claire, him and Daniel. I know we not. You know it's a man and a Richard. woman. Yeah. So Richard is Richard, Richard to do or this. Could, yeah. could we see? It could be Moaning Myrtle from last season with maybe her fella, or or is it Moaning Myrtle and um? Yeah, Hepworth? because she. Do we they know, know Ryan's moved school as well? So we're kind of just. I don't know. I'm just like. Did she, and she's, she's a teacher. teacher School teachers. W- teacher. Has she not gone so to go prison to, yeah, though? Okay. For like. Did she? No. She tried to make a pipe bomb. Yeah, like oh, maybe she's out though. It's been seven years. Yeah, the the law abiding. Yeah. Well, yeah, our yeah. guard the vatten form That's is not true. getting passed through. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, um, Hannah. Hannah Defoe says, uh, I do fear there might be some kind of parallel to Catherine's first appearance with the fire extinguisher. Uh, so I feel fire is going to be, be involved somewhere. Uh, I'm scared that she's not going to make retirement, but let's hope ha- Sally d- isn't that mean to us. 
Uh, Leanne Coppin says, I'm seriously concerned about Joe, Joanna. Uh, either her husband or the pharmacy guy could hurt her. I thought Richard and Ross could be the duo uh, who've been taking Ryan, um, which will be a shocker. Richard was being shifty and Ross has been avoiding everyone. Um, Stephen Fern says, suspect it's Claire taking Ryan to see Tommy, but it also could be Myrtle or Joyce, Stephen says. <gasps> and then Stephen also suggests maybe it could be Haley off of Corrie. Joyce, yeah. I do, yeah, I would love more of Joyce though. Um, Andy says, superb, loved it. Catherine's still brilliant, love Claire. Thinks she's the female taking Ryan to see Tommy. Um, when it comes to the man and woman that are bringing Ryan to visit Tommy, uh, yeah, like just basically everyone is saying it's uh, Claire and Neil. Um, and oh yeah, I'm going to, for so the, on the final thought and theory, um, Catherine Lindsay messaged us and she says, if the final moments of the series aren't Catherine driving to the foothills of the Himalayas in her Land Rover, I'm going to be very upset. And it would be a lovely it way great, to finish would. it. Like we did discuss in the last speed recap that somebody I think else has suggested that the end of Happy Valley could be that it's all happy. happy. And that would be a lovely because it was, she said it straight up at the start of the, the series that I'm going to drive to the Himalayas and it would be, I think maybe unexpected because everyone's just expecting. Yes, a lot of darkness. Yeah, I I just, I just feel already. I'm like, it's not going to be a happy one, is it? Can I share my theory? Yeah, guys. Share your theory. I think it is Claire and I think it is Neil taking Ryan to see his dad. I think Claire is just more sympathetic and understanding having been an uh, being an addict yourself and I think Neil is the same they have a very good relationship with Ryan I think Claire Catherine is going to find this out and go fucking ballistic she's going to fly home throw Claire and Neil out the house cause absolute murder Claire is going to go back on the drink she'll then go back on the drugs she'll start taking some of this diazepam that's going around the town and I think she's going to die I think upon her death Ryan will see the destruction that follows his dad around and realise that his Catherine his nana was just trying to mind him the whole time and then they will get somewhat of a happy ending but I think Claire is a goner guys Mm. oh god and that is my me and my sister's theory so credit to Sarah as well yeah Oh my God. Okay, well, we'll move on swiftly to um, just a quick look ahead at next week. Will we? We don't have a trailer yet, but we do have a very brief episode description. Now, you might remember if you listen to our Trigger Point podcast that um, ITV on their website every week, they were giving away like a full full summary of the episode in the week ahead to the point that we knew what was happening the following week. Do you know? Anyway, the B yeah. was never... Didn't they obviously well, take it down? A couple of podcasts in, I think it might have been after the Thumb Thumb uh, Packet Ham episode. I think it changed. No, it changed. It, it changed that week. It had been cut right back. And that's where the discounted ham came in. Do you think somehow. somebody said, we don't want nothing to do with these people, remove this information yeah. so they can't read Probably. it out. And we were spoiling the whole series for anybody by reading their website. <laughs> well, they spoiled it themselves. Anyway, the BBC was never. And they have never. But they have posted a very brief description <laughs> of... Season 3, Episode 2. Now, it does feature a little photo of the dodgy pharmacist looking very, very worried. And the description reads, Catherine learns of a painful betrayal close to home and Faisal comes under increasing pressure from all sides. So it's close to home. So whoever is, yeah. I mean, we probably knew that already, guys, but at least we know it's close to home. Yeah, That doesn't mean home. That means close to home. It's the ex-hubby. Close to home. Yeah. Yeah, 
I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm. Don't I'm know, guys. honestly I'd be dying. If to find it was out. I'm gonna be fuming. But it, it, uh, Hannah, that's a. It's a. Your theory is is very, very good. Yeah, Hannah, your theory is very it is solid. Very solid. Yeah. It's very full. full did I circle. say Faisal's name correctly? Apologize. I apologize if I didn't. I don't think I said Faisal like that. But I will know for next week. Oh, I don't Faisal. know. Did I say Barry. it right? I hope I said it right. No, you did say it right. I, you, I think it is Faisal. Yeah, it's Faisal. That's the way they say it in the show. Yeah, but it's just written sort of differently, and I don't think I got it right though. Apologies. So, guys, we're gonna move on to some uh, quick press bit. It's right rave reviews so far for the final season of Happy Valley. The Guardian gave the first episode five stars. Sally Wainwright's masterwork is back. Lucy Mangan wrote from its impeccable acting talent to a writer who captures the female experience like no one else. This drama's final series is as excellent as ever. And you know what, Lucy Pet, I could not agree more. And um, yeah. also a uh, TV critic, broadcaster and friend of the podcast, Scott Bryan posted a really great Twitter thread about the series, about the first episode of the final series and he just summed it up my feelings quite well if you want to have a look at that and um, he's at Scott Scotty GB um, and he has some funny moments from the first episode guys I honestly her calling the two lads a twat was my favourite and then her chatting with Claire <laughs> and then Claire being like oh my god so you rang the police like they're like you rang the police on your own wife what sort of genre of twat does that <laughs> 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 so that's a, it's a really yeah, good thread brilliant. if you want to have a look at that um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed oh, I that thread and everyone seems to have really enjoyed the first episode of Happy Valley we knew it wasn't like we knew it was coming back with a bang but my god the way they have tied the three seasons together for this masterpiece of a trilogy is just it, what talent yeah. Sally has what talent so I yeah. know I wonder if that was always the plan because it's coming together so easily from the Ryan mm. stuff that obviously the main thread but also the underlying thread of all the crimes that we've seen yeah. throughout the mm. whole time the Knezoviches the drugs in the valley like the sex workers that were killed like Ashley Cowgill come on yeah, no, it's excellent. It is excellent. Um, so uh, we're going to each week uh, hopefully have a segment called What Sally Said. So obviously uh, written and partly directed by uh, the amazing Sally uh, Wainwright, who is on Twitter, but hasn't been tweeting. hasn't been. I've gone into the, the tweets and replies. I've gone into the likes. There's been no activity there. But Sally did do an interview with a Variety magazine. And basically they said that um, Sally won't spoil her ending, but promises there will be an open and shut conclusion to the show, right? So Sally says, there is a proper big showdown where they really get to explore each other's opinions about one another, uh, that she's there, she's talking about Catherine and Tommy. So we are getting a whopper showdown between Catherine and Tommy, according to Sally Wainwright. Um also, Jesus. I loved in this interview as well that uh, Sally Wainwright says um, that um, she uh, wasn't supposed to be directing this season, but uh, ended up having to step in and co-direct the first three episodes. So I don't know what went down there, but she was like, yeah, I had to get involved and co-direct the first three. Right. Uh, so the first three episodes co-directed by uh, Sally and we are getting a showdown from Catherine. Oh, oh my God. Sorry, great thoughts on that, Brendan. Oh my God. Okay, guys, I cannot yeah. wait. So that's, that gives me, do you know what? That gives me the vibes in, you know, the fall when finally they've, after the whole game of cat and mouse, they sit opposite each other and you get that showdown, hopefully. Finally. What was the quote that, that Sarah Lancashire said about this season? Let the dog see the rabbit or something yes. what did she say oh, did yeah, she, she did in one of yeah, her we, interviews we, we did put it. it in our podcast <laughs> <laughs> well let the dog see the rabbit what make does that sense. mean what, that, that was something yeah. way better. what does let the dog see the rabbit mean 
if you like let the, the like greyhound chase oh, sorry yeah, like no, let the sense, pre- predator see the prey yeah. or whatever so like let Catherine see Tommy finally for this final okay. showdown it was way better than let the dog see the rabbit no guys I think it was that but just really quickly just on the director <laughs> thing I actually spotted a tweet from a man yeah. called Fergus O'Brien um, the other day when I was searching the Happy Valley hashtag do you know I'd be oh. watching that like a hawk like I was watching that for weeks on end looking for the release date and everything it's kind of just part of my day yeah, the release date had me up to 90 I was we were so stressed about Never that. My life. We were like, can you give us a still image? Like, anything. anything. And they told us the end of 2022 and they really did it the first day of 2023, which right. was skirting the rules. I think the World Cup just scuppered. Anyway, anyway, right. So I'm, ha- I'm searching the hashtag. Uh, no, do you know what scuppered it? Sorry. The fucking traitors oh, yeah. scuppered it. Oh, guys, well, I then, well, then that's I, absolutely fine. Oh my God. No problem. Did you watch Christmas? was just, it was just, I watched Did you watch it? it. I watched like one or two episodes a day. I spread it out all over Christmas. Oh, I couldn't have adored it more. Guys, so we need good. to dress up with them for Halloween. Brendan, you're Claude. Yeah, me and, yeah. Me and Hannah. I'm and Claude, yeah. Hannah, yeah. I already have the capes from Hocus Pocus. Perfect. Yeah. Then that's done and we'll... I think the traitors, I think they filmed that and went, this is so good. We're not going to bury it. We're going to give it room to breathe. You're and we'll right. Just bump Happy it was Valley. The tra- I, it was I the do agree with you though because it was very oh, risky. No. It could have been shite, but yes. actually it was the best thing oh, ever no. made. It, so congratulations. Yes. Um, There's just like a, a parting gift. Like I just... <laughs> Could not like I couldn't. And when they were throwing the the sand into the fire, I was literally scrap my hands and knees. Screaming. I was like, yeah. "That CGI is every, that magic. What is that?" Every element of it, it was, was incredible. Just, and oh Claudia, just I'm just dying to go to the Scottish Highlands again. I'm like, get me to a castle. The Scottish Highlands looks. Incredible, yeah, incredible. Cousin uh, yeah. of mine got married there now years ago, and oh, divine, stunning stuff. Guys, we're doing a podcast, a nightly podcast, where we come on and scream for half an hour after every episode. Yeah. I think we do it one hundred percent. Can I go back to Fergus O'Brien oh, for a second, guys? Come on. Yes, so I'm searching sorry, the hashtag, sorry. which is part of my little daily routine. You know, I wake up, have a cup of tea, have a little flick around the phone and the apps. Right, Fergus hashtag O'Brien. Happy Valley hashtag line is you hashtag hashtag right. Fergus O'Brien, Happy Valley is one of my all-time favorite shows. Getting to direct the last three episodes in season three and the last ever chapters in the story was an honor and a thrill for me. The six-part final season begins tonight, right? Fergus O'Brien has an Irish flag. I think you could tell by his name. Fergus O'Brien is Irish is what I'm getting to. So an Irish man directed the final three episodes of um, Happy Valley. His Twitter bio, Fergus O'Brien UK, just to give him a plug. Irish man in London, BAFTA and RTS nominated drama and documentary director. Oh, he did Gentleman Jack, Mother's Day Against the Law. Oh, yeah. Theran Jones. Yeah. Anyway. Up the Irish. We must must communicate with him. Congratulations, Fergal. Isn't that great? Fergus. Fergus. Congratulations, Fergus. (laughs) Anyway, there's a bit of information that we know who did. We know who directs the last three anyway. And Sally and someone else did the first three. So guys, that's it for our first episode of Shrine Podcast Presents Happy Valley. Well, no, it's actually technically the third. The first episode of season three. That's our recap done. Yeah. That's our thoughts and theories done. Like there they are on the plate. Don't know. I don't know about Claire, guys. Anyway, I hope. Do we know. put up a Twitter poll if you would like to share your opinion on this very topic? You can head over to at Shrine Pod and vote. Who do you think has taken Ryan to see his dad? 50% think it's Claire and Neil. 11.5. Yeah, around live in front of my Oh, eyes. it is hopping up and down here. It's like. um comic relief the money coming in 11.5% think it's Claire and Daniel 23.1% think it's Richard and Roz and 15.4% think
think it's other. So you have 23 hours left to get over and have your opinion on that poll. Oh my God, I'll have to vote now. Well, guys, that's it for us. It's been a pleasure to be back covering this truly excellent series. You can give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook when you're having a look at that Twitter poll while you're there, you know yourself. At Pod. keep the theories coming in. And you know what? It is January. We know that everybody's broke, but if you are feeling generous, you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash Pod and get early access to episodes. In the meantime, have a lovely week. Have a happy week. Drink the water and prep the meals. Put the things in the Tupperware. Do what you have to do. Watch the tracers from the beginning if, you've, if you're looking for something yeah. good. My God, I just, I, I'm so glad it wasn't spoiled on me. Do you know that way? Yeah, I'm really mm-hmm. glad. Oh, just the well. twists and the turns. Anyway, it's fantastic. So have a great week. We'll be back at the same time next week. And until then, ta-ta for now. God bless. Ta-ra. Happy New Year. This is TV worth talking about. This is Shrine Podcasts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.